Um, no, we're having, this is a little bit of a different day. We're actually highlighting life together. We're highlighting family groups. Um, our family groups have been going for about three years now. And so we're going to ask the family group leaders to come up in a few moments, okay? Um, so they're, they're getting ready. They're in the bullpen, and they're going to come up in just a few. Um, but we're, I, I want to, to set this up today. Um, I was reading in, because you're like, well, where are we going to go after James, right? What are we going to do? And um, I didn't send an e-newsletter this week. I'm sorry. So there was really no prep for you to, like, because I know you were all anxiously awaiting what that next series was going to be. I know you were on pins and needles just wait, right, Dennis? Right? In fact, he was so distraught this Saturday night because I didn't send it out and he didn't know. It's okay. We'll have therapy for that later. But anyway, um, <laughs> we're going to be in, we're going to be in First Thessalonians. Um, this is a, Paul writes a lot of personal letters. He does. He writes, a, what I love about Paul is he doesn't hold anything back. It's certainly when he's like, you know, hitting that truth hard. But he's also very open and honest and vulnerable with us, which is really pretty and beautiful. And so I, 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 as I was listening to 1 Thessalonians, because I don't know if anybody else listens to the Bible. Do you all audibly play it? I like to audibly play, audibly play it, okay? And so um, I was listening, and 1 Thessalonians, and I realized Paul is just pouring his heart out here. He is being so honest about the struggles and it was the Holy Spirit hitting Travis this week saying, pal, this is you. Like, this is right where, you, you can identify right with where Paul's at right now. And I can, and, and maybe you can as well. Um, to give you just a little bit of setup, Paul goes to the church of Thessalonica. I mean, he goes to Thessalonica, and as is Paul's typical thing, he goes to the synagogue, to the Jews first, and he starts preaching and saying Jesus was the true Messiah. Okay, so that's, that's his, you, if you want to know what Paul's um, uh, mission, um, what his, how he went about it, first step was, let me go to the Jews who are worshiping Jehovah God, Yahweh, at the synagogue. Let me speak to them and let, tell them that the one that you have been seeking, the Messiah, he has come. You crucified him, and now he is seated at the right hand of God, the Father, he is Jesus Christ. Some received this and some did not receive this. As you know, if you read the book of Acts, he was stoned, he was beaten, he was thrown out of town, um, not just once, multiple times. And one of those towns where he got really misunderstood. Has anybody been misunderstood ever? Okay, that's good. Have, I'm just curious. Have you ever sent a text or an email? Because here's what we know about text and email. There's no emotion that comes through and jumps through the phone, right? Like you can't, <clears throat> you know, for, I don't know, however many, however many years you think the earth is old, and I'm not going to get into new earth theory, old earth theory, all that kind of stuff. However many millennia you think we've been here, humans have had face-to-face -face interactions in speaking. And it's not until the last 200 years did we have uh, more of, all the advancements of technology that allows us to never see a person face-to-face, -face, but yet we can communicate all kinds of things via text and email, words, social media, right? And, and how many of you have ever been misconstrued from a post or a text or an email, and you have to back up, and you have to say, whoa, 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 someone took it one way, and you're like, I did not mean it that way, you know, right? So, which is why, enter in emojis, right, Noah? We have to now put emojis in there, right? 
so that we know that we're being, you know, we're being witty or funny or, you know, we're, you know, sad face, smiley face, all these things like that. (laughs) Those are there so that there's no kind of confusion. But even then, there's still confusion when we write text and emails. And so misunderstood. Paul was absolutely misunderstood. So in Philippi, there is no Jewish synagogue. There's no Jewish synagogue, so he, he can't go to his first place, okay? And I would contend, I mean, both of them are hard works, but he has to do the real hard work of converting the Gentiles in the city of Philippi. And so he seeks to do that. And you know who the early followers of Christ were in Philippi? Women. That's who received the word of Christ first. And in fact, there was a lady named Lydia. And she, she offered up her home as a meeting spot for the early church to meet in in Philippi. Well, um, as the story goes, as, as, Philipp, as, uh, as Paul and Silas were ministering in Philippi, um, he cast out a demon out of this slave girl and heals her. And the master who was depending on the slave girl to, via the demon to uh, basically prophesy and he was making money off of her, he didn't like that very much. And so he had Paul and Silas put in prison. And so he is not only put in prison, he is beaten several times in prison. And some of you may know the story, but uh, the church prayed and uh, God sent this thunder and, and, and broke loose the chains of the prison, right? And the jailer's about to kill himself, right? And this may have been one of the first men that came to Christ in that city was the jailer and his family. But it says that the jailer, who's about to kill himself because he knows his, his life is on the line if all the prisoners set, are set free and let loose. Paul says, don't do that, don't do that. Hey, the one who did this, I want to tell you about him, and I want to tell you not only of his power to free us, but his power to forgive you. And it says that the jailer and his household were saved, and they were in the early church of Philippi. And so Paul um, goes on to Thessalonica after Philippi, and that's where we kind of pick up in in, in Thessalonians. And because he's going to refer to Philippi, now you know why he was treated and how he was treated in the church of Philippi. It was a very tough mission field, okay? Very hard, um, and I want you to know that as we start into chapter 2. So 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, let's stand and honor the reading of the Word of God. For you yourselves know, brothers, that our coming to you was not in vain, but though we had already suffered and been shamefully treated at Philippi, as you know, we had boldness in our God to declare to you the gospel of God in the midst of much conflict. For our appeal does not spring from error or impurity or any attempt to deceive, but just as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, so we speak not to please man, but to please God who tests our hearts. For we never came with words of flattery, as you know, nor with a pretext for greed, God is witness. Nor did we seek glory from people, whether from you or from others, though we could have made demands as apostles of Christ. But we were gentle among you like a nursing mother taking care of her own children. So being affectionately desirous of you, we were ready to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our own selves, because you had become very dear to us. For you remember, brothers, we we labor and toil, we worked night and day, that we might not be a burden to any of you while we proclaim to you the gospel of God. 
You are witnesses in God also how holy and righteous and blameless was our conduct toward you believers. For you know how, like a father with his children, we exhorted each one of you and encouraged you and charged you to walk in a manner worthy of God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. And we also thank God constantly for this, that when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as the word of men, but as it really is the word of God, which is at work in you believers. Let's pray. Father God, as we, as we read your words today, we believe um, inspired by the Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul to the church of Thessalonica, we know that you have something for us today, Lord. And so may we uh, posture our hearts um, and our minds to receive all that you intend to give us today as we know that you will lead all who will follow. And we ask this in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. So another kind of just thing I want to lay out there. In Thessalonica and Philippi, they didn't have buildings such as this that we get to worship in today. They worshiped in the homes, as I just just mentioned, at Lydia at Philippi, and no doubt also here at Thessalonica. They they worshiped in in the homes, and and so I want to just make, make note of that. Here's another thing that they didn't have. They didn't have this they didn't have this. They had, no, they had Paul's letters that were circulating around. These were beginning, and they may have had the Gospel of Mark. We believe A.D. 52 was the earliest gospel written, the Gospel of Mark, uh, which was a firsthand account from Peter. Uh, we believe written by John Mark, and so it's kind of a.k.a. Peter's gospel, um, even though it's, his name is not on it. We believe he was the firsthand account that wrote, um, that uh, gave the, the, the words to the Gospel to Mark. And so we have probably some of these early writings and scrolls that are, that are going around at this time, but what, they didn't have the bound Bible, they didn't have the, the electricity, they didn't have the, the air conditioning, they didn't have that. What they did have was a, a home. And what they did have was the oral word of God, spoken and passed down, right? And remember, they're only, Jesus, if he, if he, if he died and crucified and was resurrected in 33 A.D., you're only 10, 20, 30 years at the max away. So you're still within a generation, certainly, and most of the apostles um, at this time, some of them are living still. Of course, Apostle John didn't pass away and go to glory until A.D. 90. So anyway, that's a little bit of extra for you all today. Okay. Um, anyway, um, the, what I want you to see here is the personal nature of Paul. He says, man... Do you see what he says right here? He says, man, we've been hurt. We've been hurt by the church. Anybody been hurt by the church? Okay, let's just all be honest, right? Here's my, here's my saying. I guess you can quote me on this. I don't know if it came with me or not, but where two or more are gathered, there will be tension and there will be hurt, okay? Whether that's marriage, whether that's friendship, whether that's church, whether that's your organization that you work at, that's just a fact of the matter that when we rub up against people and personalities, there will be misperceptions and misunderstandings, right? And here's the good news. There is grace for that. There's grace for that. In the family of God, there is grace for that because we are held together and bound by the Savior who gives lavishly his grace upon us. So, he experienced church hurt. Paul experienced church hurt. Paul was misunderstood I, from, from, the law, from outside the church and I believe from inside the church, okay? But here's what he says to th- the Thessalonians and they have a tender relationship. What does he say? Look at verse eight. He says, so being affectionately desirous of you. Do you know what? The, I mean, that's strong language there. He says, man, I really love these people. I mean, I love the Thessalonians. I really, really do. 
We were ready to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our own selves because you had become very dear to us. If you're taking notes, uh, what I just want you to notate here is this. They shared life. They shared life with one another. Notice that they didn't, he says, we didn't just share the gospel of God. We shared ourselves and our very lives with you and you become very dear to us. And this is what we're going to talk about with family group in just a few moments is that that's what happens when you, when, when you really step in and you really lean in. Will there be hurt? Yes, but here's what is so beautiful. I don't want to make this sound bad. You get to minister to one another. You get to pray over one another. You get to do life together. Uh, I, you know how I really get to know people? I've gotten to really know people when I serve along people. I remember as, as a child growing up, and I remember my kids, and this is what I love about the experience of, of university churches, when we work on projects, whether it be the rummage sale or whether it be um, the, the retaining wall or whether it be uh, any of the other projects that, that we get to do and have the opportunity to do, is my kids kind of get to rub up against y'all and get to interact with you, and they get to see Mark, and they get to see Dan, and they get to see others and say, oh, wow, you know, man, that's, look, look, look at that old man serving Jesus. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, no, um, because when I was a teenager and a youth, I had, and you've heard me write about it in the e-newsletter, I had a guy named Mr. Mark, and Mark was a, a wonderful man, and he brought me along to serve, and we built a stage together, and we did a youth revival together, and it was, it was just really amazing, and I'll never forget that. I learned more about the character of Mark serving alongside Mark. Does that make sense? Than I would learn in a thousand Bible studies at Sunday school and Sunday morning. That's just the fact of the matter. And let's be honest, when you're in Sunday school and you're in the 10th grade, you're not worried about reading the scripture, if you know what I'm saying. You're worried about a lot of other things, okay? But the book of Mark is not the first thing you're worried about, okay? Anyway, that's enough about that. <laughs> but life together and serving together is so beautiful. And so Paul Paul had this affection. He said, I, I desire you uh, tremendously because, because they did life together. How do we know they did life together? It says that we worked and we toiled alongside you. So here's what Paul didn't do. Paul didn't sit up in like his, his office, okay? All right? He didn't sit up in his office like a corporate CEO, pastor, or missionary or whatever and say, okay, you go do all your stuff right now, right? You go do all your things. And, um, and, and then you come back and report to me. Paul was in there with it. He said, no, Paul and Silas were working alongside and toiling alongside, and so share life. Can we say that together? Share life. Secondly, not only did they share life, they shared the kingdom. Look at verse 12. Each one of you, we exhorted each one of you and encouraged you and charged you to walk in a manner worthy of God who calls you into his own glory and kingdom, which, by the way, that is what the church is to do. We are to exhort, to encourage, to lift up, to walk in a manner worthy of God, not in, not in shaming and condemnation, but in saying, hey, I'm in the struggle with you, brother. I'm in the struggle with you, sister. I am, I am praying for you. I'm interceding for you. I've been down that road. Let me tell you, let me save you from some heartache and take a, take a step over here right? That's what the church is to be about. And it says that we are to share in the kingdom. Share the kingdom. I don't know if you know this, but we, we all get to share as the family of Jesus. We share the kingdom. Here's a, here's a question for you. How do the people around you know what the kingdom of Jesus looks like? How do the people that you work with, interact with, do life with, 
how do they know what the kingdom of Jesus is like? They know the kingdom of how the Jesus, kingdom of Jesus is like in the way that you act, in the way that you speak, in the way that you react, in the way that you forgive, in the way that you don't hold a grudge. That's how they know the kingdom of Jesus is like. Or conversely, in the way you do hold a grudge, in the way that you do speak, in the way that you are angry, in the way that you react and do not forgive. They know how the kingdom of God is like. We are co-laborers with Christ in his kingdom, right? So that's what we share. So we share life. We share the kingdom. Everybody say that. Share the kingdom. Let's try that again. Share the kingdom. All right, here we go. You know, it's got to be a three-pointer. Here's the last one, okay? And then we're going to bring the family group leaders up. (laughs) All right, uh, verse 13. And we also thank God constantly for this, that when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as the word of men, but what it really is, the word of God, which is at work in the believers. Lastly, I want you to see that we share the word. We share the word. Now, here's the good news. We don't share opinion. We share the word. When we speak to one another and we speak to a lost world, we stand upon the truth of the word of God. Okay, which is unchanging. Culture may change, but the message and the hope of Jesus Christ does not change. Amen? And so that's what we share. And so that's really what our family groups are centered on. I'm going to go ahead and invite the family group leaders to come on up because I said I was going to talk too much. And so y'all come on up. They're going to transition up here. I have a mic already. They're going to have mics. So Brian and Tracy are going to come up and Dennis and Terry and... Noah, Lindsay, Megan Hernandez is sick today, so she's not here. And then Megan and Chris Crawford, our other family group leaders, are sick as well. So sorry that they couldn't, couldn't make that today.